Welcome to Word from the Mountaintop, a weekly inspirational podcast brought to you from the Mountain Luther Parish. Today's Word of the Lord will be shared by Pastor Jason or Pastor Jess Felici. Faithful Christians do not show partiality to the rich and powerful of the world, especially at the expense of the poor and weak. Likewise, faith does not pay mere lip service to God's will. Instead, a living Christian faith expresses itself in acts of compassion and mercy for those in need. Our reading today comes from James, the second chapter, verses 1 through 10 and 14 through 17. My brothers and sisters, Do you, with your acts of favoritism, really believe in our Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, Have a seat here, please, while to the one who is poor you say, Stand there. Or, Sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters. Has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. It is not the rich who oppress you. Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you? You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law that fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For the one who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but if you murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, Or one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs. What is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for the gift of faith. We give you thanks for your love for us and for your Holy Spirit that works among us. 
We ask you to send your spirit to inspire us to live out our faith and action that we might remember those who need hope, who need light, who need love. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. What well, was a vacation Sunday for the pastor? So that meant that a supply preacher was coming in to preach that morning. And the people at the church were getting a bit antsy because it was almost time for the sermon to start, the service to start, excuse me, and the supply preacher wasn't there yet. And in the midst of their anxiety about wondering where this supply preacher was, a dirty, smelly man that they had never seen before came off of the street and into the church. His clothes were torn, his beard was long and disheveled, and he appeared to be carrying everything that he owned. The members of the church didn't know what to do, especially when he sat down right in the very pew of that congregation's matriarch. This lady, when she saw the man sit down in her pew, complained loudly that that homeless man had sat in her spot as she went to sit down in another pew quite a distance away. No one in the congregation was particularly welcoming to this man, and since the pastor was away, they didn't quite know what to do with him. Now, it was the service time, and the supply pastor still had not shown up. So one of the assisting ministers started the service, hoping that by the time the sermon came around, the supply pastor would finally be there. And they were secretly hoping that the supply pastor would know how to get that helpless man some help after the service was over. So the hymns were sung, the scripture lessons were read, and it was time for the sermon. And the congregation sat looking around at one another, wondering what in the world they were going to do for the sermon without a pastor. And at that moment, that homeless man started getting up. Now, what was he doing? That dirty, smelly man that no one talked to, that no one welcomed, that not one person in the congregation invited to sit in their pew, began walking towards the pulpit. He wiped some of the dirt from his face, looked at the congregation, and introduced himself as the supply preacher for the morning. Now, of course, no one in the congregation had ever thought that man was someone that they wanted to hang around their church, let alone preach the sermon. But that's just what that supply preacher did. He preached and finished out the service. And as people were shaking hands at the end of the worship service, many of the church members kept saying to him, If only we knew it was you, Pastor, before telling him how they would have welcomed him, or would have invited to sit with him, or would have treated him better. This story is adapted from one you can find in Chicken Soup for the Christian Soul. It's one that's made the rounds among the preaching community, 
and it emphasizes so well a darker reality in the church. And I don't just pick on this congregation or just on our parish. This is a struggle that almost every church goes through on a weekly basis. There are people that we want to come to church, and there are people that we don't want to come to our church. Many churches say they want to grow and have more people in the pews, but what they really mean is we want more people in the pews that look like us and act like us and are interested in the same things, and we get along with them really well, and if those people won't come, well, then we are really just happy where we are. And whether we mean to or not, we pass judgments all the time based on appearances or hearsay. And this is not a new problem for the church. In the second lesson, James is addressing a Christian community that is dealing with this very issue. This congregation that he is writing to is showing favoritism. And James flat out asks if they believe in the same Lord Jesus Christ that he does when they act in this manner. To make his point, James sets up a hypothetical example for this church. And remember, this is from the first century. He says, if a rich person comes in with gold rings and fine clothes, and a poor person with dirty clothes comes in, and the rich person is given a seat of honor, while the poor person is told to stand over there somewhere, or sit, you know, somewhere in a lesser place, well then hasn't the congregation made distinctions and become judges with evil thoughts? Well, this scenario is unacceptable to James. And if you remember just last week in our lesson from the first chapter, James says that the heart of the faith is to care for the widow and the orphan and to be unstained by the world. Being a beacon of hope for the disadvantaged, the poor, those without hope, the neglected, the forgotten, that was what it meant to be a Christian for James. But this congregation that he was writing to was not living out the message of the one in whom they believed. James reminds this congregation that Jesus said, at the heart of the commandments was, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And James' understanding of the neighbor was pretty wide. Everyone you came into contact with was your neighbor. So, rich and poor, friend and foe, those who looked like you and those who didn't, were your neighbor. And when you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. And that's something we don't like to hear. That when we treat someone differently because of their wealth, race, Interests or their last name, we are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point, James says, has become accountable to all of it. 
The reason that James is so passionate about this is because Jesus doesn't show partiality. Jesus doesn't judge us based solely on appearances. And Jesus certainly doesn't exclude us from the kingdom because we are unworthy for it. Because if he did, we all would be on the outside of the kingdom looking in. You see, Jesus died for all of us, for all of our sins, no matter how bad they are, no matter what we look like, no matter how much is in our bank accounts, Jesus loves us all and cares for us all unconditionally, without distinction. But James reminds us that God indeed has a soft spot in his heart for the poor. And we are not to forget them in our daily lives and in our ministries as a congregation. A Christian congregation is not Christian, according to James, if it is not in ministry with the poor. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but do not have works? And then later, James says, faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. It's this very section of James, James chapter 2, verses 14 to 17, that made Luther so uncomfortable with the whole book because it talks a little bit too much about works. Luther didn't want to talk about works. He wanted to talk about faith and grace. But think about it. Just think about it. What is the good of our faith if we are unwilling to live it out in our daily lives? What good is believing in God but not laboring in God's kingdom? It is not enough, James writes, to simply pray for the poor without helping them to have their basic needs met. It is not enough to say we believe if we aren't going to act. So let us recommit ourselves to the work of the kingdom, to being open to worshiping with those who are different from us, to remember the poor, both in prayer and in action, and to refrain from making judgments solely based on outward appearances or what you heard about a person from someone else. No one promises that this work will be easy. In fact, this might be the hardest part of being a Christian. But this is the way that we as the people of God show hope to the hopeless and bring light into a dark world. It's how we show that the ways of the world are not God's ways and that we are looking toward that great and glorious day when Jesus will return and set us free, once and for all, from the sin and brokenness that scars this earth. And it's how we encounter the living Lord in our midst. Because, after all, Jesus tells us without a doubt that he is the hungry person, he is the naked person, and he is the homeless person that we meet. So let's never miss an opportunity to serve him.
Thanks be to God. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode and for further messages from our clergy feel free to visit wordfromthemountaintop.org